Welcome to the Abide Daily Podcast from Ecclesi of the Church in Salt Lake City, a time led by our pastors and others in our church to abide in God through prayer, reflection, and the reading of His Word together. Hey, this is Matthew. Thanks for joining us today. As we begin our prayer and reading today, let's start off by taking a moment to pause, be still, and be aware of God's presence. Take a moment to share with the Lord where you're at, what you're feeling and thinking, as well as thank Him for all that He's done, is doing, and will continue to do. O God, King Eternal, whose light divides the day from the night and turns the shadow of death into the morning, drive us far from all wrong desires, incline our hearts to keep your law, and guide our feet into the way of peace, that having done your will with cheerfulness during the day, we may, when night comes, rejoice to give you thanks. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, as I read your words in Scripture, I ask, Holy Spirit, that you lead me and give me understanding. I ask that you would draw near and meet with me and lead me into your kingdom today. Luke 3, 3, 1 through 4, 13. In the fifteenth year of the reign of Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, the governor of Judea, and Herod, being tetrarch of Galilee, and his brother Philip, tetrarch of the region of Iturea, and Trachonitis, and Lysanias, tetrarch of Abilene, during the high priestess of Annas and Caiaphas, the word came to John, son of Zechariah, in the wilderness, and he went into all the region around the Jordan, proclaiming a baptism of repentance for the forgiveness of sins, as it is written in the book of words of Isaiah the prophet. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make his path straight, Every valley shall be filled, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall become straight, and the rough places shall become level ways, and all flesh shall see the salvation of God. He said therefore to the crowds that came out to be baptized by him, You brood of vipers, who warned you to flee from the wrath to come? Bear fruits in keeping with repentance, and do not begin to say to yourselves, We have Abraham as our father. For I tell you, God is able to see these stones to raise up children for Abraham. Even now the axe is laid to the root of the trees. Every tree, therefore, that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. And the crowds asked him, What then shall we do? And he answered them, Whoever has two tunics is to share them with he who has none, and whoever has food is to do likewise. Tax collectors also came to be baptized and said to him, Teacher, what shall we do? And he said, Collect me to do. Soldiers also asked him, And we, what shall we do? And he said to them, Do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation, and be content with your wages. 
As the people were in expectation and all were questioning in their hearts concerning John, whether he might be the Christ, John answered them all, saying, I baptize you with water, but he who is mightier than I is coming, the straps of whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. He will baptize you with Holy Spirit and fire. His winnowing fork is his hand to, clean, to clear his threshing floor and to give the wheat into his barn, but the chaff he will burn with but the chaff he will born, burn with unquenching fire. So with many exhortations he preached good news to the people, but Herod the Tetrarch, who had been reproved by him for Herodias, his brother's wife, and for all evil things that Herod had done, added this to them all, that he locked up John in prison. Now when all the people were baptized, and when Jesus also had been baptized and was praying, the heavens were opened, and the Holy Spirit descended on him, bodily form like a dove, and a voice came from heaven, You are my beloved Son, with you I am well pleased. <laughs> Jesus, when he began his ministry, was about thirty years of age, being the son, as was supposed, of Joseph, the son of Heli, the son of Matat, the son of Levi, the son of Melchi, the son of Jani, the son of Joseph, the son of Mattathias, the son of Amos, the son of Nahum, the son of Esli, the son of Nagai, the son of Malt, the son of Mattathias, the son of Semin, the son of Josek, the son of Jodah, the son of Jonah, the son of Resa, the son of Zerubbabel, the son of Shealtil, the son of Neri, the son of Melchi, the son of Adai, the son of Kosan, the son of El Madam, the son of Er, the son of Joshua, the son of Eliezer, the son of Joram, the son of Matthat, the son of Levi, the son of Simeon, the son of Judah, the son of Joseph, the son of Jonah, the son of Elakim, the son of Melah, the son of Mena, the son of Mattathah, the son of Nathan, the son of David, the son of Jesse, the son of Obed, the son of Boaz, the son of Salah, the son of Nashon, the son of Amnibdabab, the son of Admin, the son of Arni, the son of Hezron, the son of Perez, the son of Judah, the son of Jacob, the son of Isaac, the son of Abraham, the son of Terah, the son of Nahor, the son of Serug, the son of Reu, the son of Peleg, the son of Aper, the son of Shelah, the son of Canaan, the son of Arphaxt, the son of Shem, the son of Noah, the son of Lamech, the son of Methuselah, the son of Enoch, the son of Jared, the son of Mahalil, the son of Canaan, the son of Enos, the son of Seth, the son of Adam, the son of God. Chapter 4 And Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, returned to the Jordan, was led to the Spirit for the will, and was led by the Spirit in the wilderness for forty days, being tempted by the devil. And he ate nothing during those days, and when they were ended, he was hungry. The devil said to him, If you are the Son of God, command the stones to become bread. And Jesus answered him, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone. And the devil took him up and showed him all the kingdoms of the world in a moment of time, and said to him, To you I will give all this authority and their glory, for it has been delivered to me, and I will give it to whom I will. If you then will worship me, it will all be yours. And Jesus answered him, It is written, You shall not you shall worship the Lord your God, and him only shall you serve. And he took him to Jerusalem and set him on the pinnacle of the temple, and said to him, If you're the Son of God, throw yourself down from here. For it is written, He will command His angels concerning you to guard you, and on their heads He will bear, bear you up, lest you strike a foot against a stone. And Jesus answered him, It is said, You shall not put the Lord your God to the test. 
And when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. How often does a Christian fall into the mindset that they're a good person? How easy is it to even recognize? As I read John's rebuke to the crowds gathered, I can't help but count myself in those that need rebuke. Allowing complacency to creep into our lives through the means of lineage, history, good works, or even laziness in our pursuit of God's will really allows temptation to creep in and ply us away from our fire for the Lord. So why is this important? We're to bear fruits in keeping with repentance. John's message and passion was to help believers understand that we need to be forgiven. We have a debt that we cannot pay, and Christ came to fulfill that debt for us. So we worship in thankfulness by striving to produce spiritual fruit to glorify our Savior, our Redeemer. The temptation of Jesus is appropriately placed next because as we strive to produce fruit as Christians, we realize that we're in the midst of warfare. Paul says he does, he does what he does not want to do, the very thing he hates in Romans 7. I can so relate. We're free from the slavery of our sin, but we're not free from the temptation to return. Proverbs 26.11 describes it as like a dog returns to its vomit, and yet it certainly does not feel that way in the midst of temptation. There's a lot to unpack in this passage, but this takeaway stood out to me. Christians are called to do good works, and Satan will throw every temptation at us to keep us from doing so, including guilt that we're not doing enough but that stagnates us from doing anything. Remember the scene at the end of The Lord of the Rings when Frodo is totally exhausted and unable to continue his journey to destroy the ring, and Sam picks him up and carries him. Sam says, I can't carry the ring, but I can carry you. Let us stir up one another to love and good works, as it says in Hebrews 10. Let us encourage each other. Let us mourn with each other. Let us love one another as Christ loves us. And in doing so, we are beating down the gates of hell and participating in the glory of Christ with infinite gratitude. With all this in mind, I encourage you to first take some time to pray for a brother or sister you know who is in need. Then take a few moments to share with them what you prayed for and encourage them with truth.
Lord, thank you for this word today, and thank you for um, your support, uh, your kindness, and your grace as we wrestle through producing fruit and battling temptation. I pray for strength for each of us as we continue to seek to glorify you with our works. I pray for steadfastness, and I pray for growth in our lives. Through our lives and by our prayers, may your kingdom come.